Welcome to The Good Lawyer. This is a 2022 copyrighted podcast of the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar of Georgia, where we discuss what makes a good lawyer. Let's get started. Hi, I'm YLD President Ron Daniels, and today on the show, we're excited to have Paula Frederick, General Counsel for the State Bar of Georgia. She's going to talk to us about what makes a good lawyer. Paula, welcome to The Good Lawyer. Thanks a lot. I'm happy to be here. Well, and I wanted to give our listeners just a little bit of your background. You are our general counsel uh, for the state bar, and that's a very important job. But you went to uh, University of Vanderbilt School of Law. Uh, And prior to working at the state bar, you were with Atlanta Legal Aid for six years doing civil matters. And outside of serving as general counsel for the bar, you've also served as president of the Atlanta Bar Association and the Georgia Association of Black Women Attorneys. That's right. Well, you know why we're here and our listeners are kind of conditioned to this now. So I'm going to hit you with the loaded question. Paula, what makes a good lawyer? It's funny in thinking about getting ready for this program. I have had to reflect that most of the time people are asking me what makes a bad lawyer just because of my role as disciplinary counsel. And so it has been a treat to try to figure out what it is that makes a good lawyer. And I think there's a lot that goes into it. Um, And I I do want to give a shout out, not just because I work for a bar and because I've been bar president for a couple of organizations, but I do want to give a shout out for the value of being involved in the organized bar as something that contributes toward being a good lawyer. I, I really think the relationships that I've made in all the places that I've been able to gather knowledge have really come about as a result of doing a lot of bar work. And not to mention that it's a good time. And I think being a well-rounded, happy person definitely contributes to being a good lawyer. But for me, you know, lawyers are generally smart people. We're generally quick studies. Um, we're, we're generally, you know, we're better educated than a lot of people. And so if you take all that for granted, then I think what makes the best lawyer is somebody who's still curious about the law, somebody who likes what they do, at least to the level. I mean, I, I, there are a lot of boring jobs out there, but you can find something that suits your strengths and find a way to um, sort of give back within the profession. I think that makes for a happier, well-rounded human being and hence a better lawyer if you're sort of playing to the things that you do best. But the other thing for me is just to, you know, the Girl Scout creed stuff, treat everybody with respect and compassion, be able to put yourself into the shoes of the person who has come to you for help and understand what it is that they want and why they want it, whether you agree with it or not, and do your best to provide them with good service. So, you know, it it makes me sad, I think, to see young lawyers who hate what they're doing, who don't really get any fulfillment out of it. And my response to that is there's a lot of things that lawyers can do. And when you find that place that suits you, that plays to your strengths, I think you're a better lawyer for it. So that's really my advice to young lawyers is find a place that makes you happy, whether it's because of the work that you're doing or the people you're doing it with or whatever, and just fit in there and do good stuff as opposed to going out and thinking that it's all about making as much money as you can. Is there a particular person you've looked at and said, hey, this is how I want to pattern my career <laughs> or, or or my foray in this profession or 
what what are you using as a guidepost? Is there a mentor? Is there uh, someone who just profoundly impacted your career? Well, it's really funny to think about that and where you think you're going to end up and then where you do end up, because I don't think as a law student, young lawyer, or even a lawyer six years in in Atlanta Legal Aid, that I had any real understanding that there was an office of the general counsel at the bar and that people prosecuted lawyers for ethical misconduct just wasn't something that, thank goodness, I'd had any contact with. And so you need to be open to new experiences and new ways of thinking about what you want to do. When I started law school, I said what I wanted to be was a lawyer with the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. And it's funny because a good friend of mine, Gary Spencer, just became a lawyer for the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. And he'd done criminal defense for years and I think was as surprised as anybody when this is where he has ended up. So I knew I wanted to do legal services work, but I hadn't really thought about it beyond getting that first job and just being open to different kinds of experiences um, is what put me where I am now. But I, I, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of mentors because I've had some really good ones. When I started at the Atlanta Legal Aid Society, I had two women who were my supervisors, Carolyn Weeks and Debbie Siegel. And they were barely older than I was, maybe four years out and six years out of law school when I started. But as a result, they knew exactly what I was going through. And so the first day of work, when somebody handed me a briefcase and said, come on, we're going to court, they realized how excited I was and how terrified I was all at the same time to be trotting off to the courthouse for the first time. Uh, They knew exactly what to say to sort of make it right. But I think most important for me, they were very different from me in terms of how they approach things. And I was able to learn from that. So I'd always been the kind of person who wings it, frankly. I mean, there's no polite way to put it. I'm not going to prepare days in advance and rehearse a speech in front of a mirror. I'm not going to give you a draft of a brief a month before it's due so that we can tinker with it for days and days and go back and forth and and edit. These two were that person who prepares in advance, is su- they're super ready, they've rehearsed, they know exactly what they're going to do. And so I drove them crazy, but they drove me crazy too. And so we were able to reach a compromise at some point early on in, in my training. It's like, you know, look, you have got to do this a little bit earlier and I'm the better for it. I mean, the, I, I think now with what I do and how lawyers who I prosecute really are disorganized and unprepared. It's like, thank God that Carolyn and Debbie forced me to be a more organized, more prepared lawyer than I otherwise would have been. So great mentors. Sometimes you didn't want to hear what your mentor had to say, but you'll listen and you're a better lawyer for it. The other mentor who I want to give a shout out to is my predecessor as general counsel, Bill Smith. He he passed away. So I tear up when I talk about it. I don't mean to do that. But he was the opposite of me in many ways. Older, white, Republican man who I would have thought might hate me before it was all over, took a, took a chance on hiring me and taught me just everything from getting along with people who aren't like you to striking a balance between winning a case, not winning a case, doing your best, and not letting it keep you up at night, frankly, not letting it drive you crazy. Just a great gentleman of a lawyer. 
You said something about, I think it was your first day going into court where you just got handed a briefcase and got ushered <laughs> off. You, you get to true see. Story, true story. <laughs> you get to see by the nature of your role a wide array of different types of practices and different you know, sort of setups. I mean, you get to see transactional lawyers just as much as you get to see litigators and what you do now. But uh, is there something that sticks out in your head about things like that, experiences like that, that people may have that sort of, I don't want to use the word forge, but sort of (laughs) sets them upon the right path, you know, hey, this baptism by fire of here's a briefcase, here's a case file, go figure it out. Is, Is that something you feel that's helpful for young lawyers or hurtful? It was for me. Um, I have seen lawyers who kind of freeze up and don't respond well to that kind of pressure. And for the most part, it's as I described that whole willingness to wing it, that that I'm willing to go try and I might make a fool of myself, but I might be okay kind of thing. And then, you know, that's such a disservice to clients. I hate to even put it out there. But I do think part of it is just doing it. Part of it is preparing as much as you can, learning as much as you can about what it is that you're about to do, but doing it. And then the second time, it won't be nearly as hard. The third time, you'll be a pro. Um, You know, one of the things about the work at Legal Aid, I was doing housing cases where we'd go to court twice a week on evictions and domestic cases where you'd go get people divorced a couple of times a week. And the thing that gave me the most confidence in that kind of work, frankly, was sitting up on a huge calendar call. And I guess, you know, young lawyers don't really have that anymore. If you're doing your hearings by Zoom, you don't have the opportunity to just sit in a courtroom and watch other lawyers the way that I did. That was such a boost to a young lawyer's confidence because there were, I mean, this is sad too, there were so many bumbling, underprepared lawyers presenting cases on a calendar at any given time. You'd sit there and go, no matter what I do, I'll do better than that because at least I've written the questions down and I, I won't be stumbling through the presentation like they are. So um, I do believe in going ahead and trying, even if you don't think you'll be perfect because you know we're lawyers, we have something to offer, the client's going to be better off with you than without you. And if you've truly done the, your part in preparing and in reading the law and doing what you can to get ready, it's going to be fine. It's almost like riding a bike. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, you've got to get on the bike and, yeah. and start pushing the pedals if you're ever going to learn how to do it. Absolutely. You, there's no substitute for that. You can't just sort of sit there and read about it. At some point, you've got to just jump in. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to our guest, Paula Frederick. As <laughs> always, thank you for listening to The Good Lawyer. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening. And be sure to come back for our next episode. Until then, this is Wildy President Ron Daniels signing off. This podcast was created by the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar of Georgia. It was produced, recorded, and edited by Jamie Goss. Special thanks to Ron Daniels and D. Sarah Young. Follow the YLD on social media at Georgia YLD. Call in with questions on the podcast at 404-526-8607.